Welcome to the Fashionista Life, where we talk about fashion, interior design, parenting, and everything that encompasses the lifestyle of a fashionista. You can't help but smile with our host, Jennifer Johnson, a true fashionista and lifestyle expert, coming to you live from Naples, Florida. Welcome to the Fashionista Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Johnson. If you found yourself here, it may mean that you're looking for courage, clarity, and confidence in some part of your life. Or maybe you just want to be entertained, and that is great as well. Let's go ahead and get started. Today, we welcome back into the studio Eileen Wesley with Project Help. Welcome back. Thanks for having me again. This is great. Yeah, it's... um, it, it's such a complex topic. Uh, the last time we had you on, I mean, we could have gone on for a very long time uh, about the sub- subject, but today we're talking about sexual assault aftermath. It doesn't just stop there. It It's something that lives with you pretty much the rest of your life. Um, it doesn't have to define you. It, it's part of the fibers that make make you up, but it does not have to define you. It can be a defining moment but it does not have to define you. And I just want to talk, just briefly explain to our listeners what Project Help does before we delve into the residual effects. Okay. Well, Project Help, um, hopefully you were all listening the last time, (laughs) but is, is Collier County's Rape Recovery and Victim Service Center. Number one, we're a certified sexual assault center. We have our own in-house forensic unit that, um, we perform forensic exams. And if you don't know that, what that means is, is that's where, if you've watched Law & Order, it's a <laughs> rape kit is done within our unit. We work very closely with law enforcement. Normally the victim might come through law enforcement or they might come through our 24-hour helpline or they might walk in our front door. But we have um, the ability with trained staff and advocates and nurses to take care of all of the things that need to be done around collecting evidence. But the most important thing is what we do is we protect the victim. The victim has rights. They have uh, emotions and roller coaster emotions. They have, I call sometimes tornadic Mm -hmm. effect. So we're there to help hold that together. We're kind of trying to be the glue and the the springs to pull everything back mm-hmm. together so you're not bouncing all over. We kind of grab the springs as you're going by. So what we do is we offer advocacy, uh, therapy, court advocacy, and support groups. And there's a lot more that we do. <clears throat> so sorry. A lot more that we do, um, but it's all intertwined within those areas. So our advocacy goes beyond, oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. Right. Um, our therapy goes anything that happened in your past. All of my therapists have taken extensive trainings. They're all college graduate and licensed. Mm -hmm. So they're master's level graduate and licensed. So registered or licensed. And I send them out for EMDR training, which is that eye movement desensitization rapid. It's really cool. Helps with body triggers. Then we have the DBT, which is helps people through suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. And then we have cognitive behavior. We have uh, trauma-focused cognitive behavior. We have a lot of different modalities that they use. The list is endless. Mm -hmm. So, And everything's free. And I want to keep reminding people that everything is free. Your forensic exam, no matter where you are in America, you are never to be charged for a forensic exam, 
ever. But to boot, we don't charge for any of our therapy, any of our advocacy, any of our court advocacy. Everything we do is for the victim and it's free. So did did all of our listeners hear that? Mm-hmm. They provide free therapy and free support groups and the free exam. Everything is free with them. I, I, I just, that is amazing. It really is because it's <laughs> amazing. And, and our grantors allow that to happen. So we never have to put a burden on any victim that walks through our door and say, hey, well, we don't have enough money, so we're going to charge right. you. So we're really blessed that we're able to do this for free. And it's, I can't imagine saying to somebody that like when I have somebody that I know very close that it happened to them and they were in a different area and they got the forensic exam for free. But then they had to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to find their feet again. And you're being victimized all over again. Yes. So it's really awesome that Florida offers this uh, rape crisis centers. And we have governing uh, bodies that Mm -hmm. oversee us and give us money so we don't have to charge anybody. That's pretty amazing because... So we're going to go into to the residual effects. What happens after it happens, right? And uh, you know, I, I not necessarily just a, a rape, but a sudden death. Like there's certain things. There's PTSD, and there's many other things that I'm not even aware of that I'm sure happen. Like what what are some things that happen after? Well, it's there's a lot of different things. So when it all crime has many different responses. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are common and people don't think they think they've gone crazy. You know, they're sitting there and they can't get a a single thought train to stay Mm -hmm. in line with what they had before the event. They're like, oh no, there's something happened, something snapped in my head. So we have the fight, the flight or the uh, fright mode. Mm -hmm. So those things can happen to a sexual assault victim. They come in, they're very like, I'm like, I'm a comedian. Okay. So everybody who knows me knows that if something's wrong, I will find something funny Mm -hmm. because I like to divert my own emotions. So somebody might come in and you go, wow, they're so relaxed and they're Mm -hmm. so, but it's not really, it's their coping mechanism. It's the only thing. And their body does it automatically. They shut down. They don't speak or they're very, very argumentative. Like, well, I don't know what I'm doing here. I just, you know, I knew I had to come. And then you tell them what their rights are and they're just, no, that's not going to work for me. No, that's not going to work mm-hmm. for me. Or, Coping mechanisms. Yes. Yeah. It, it's really, really difficult. And, you know, PTSD comes, it can come on pretty quickly with a violent crime. It's not like people go, oh, it has to be years of war and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, beatings at home. No, sometimes one incident and hit that person, whether it's a rape or their loved one committed suicide, and it's almost instantaneous, you'll see the breakdown. And I'm going to tell you, I have personal experience in more than one situation. You know, I had somebody who tried to break in. You probably remember that. And still to this day, if I hear somebody pulling on a door or knocking, I am at high alert. I'm like, oh, oh God, oh God. You know, it's, that's just how our bodies react. Yeah. And sometimes with PTSD and what we call rape trauma syndrome disorder, which is RTSD, is referred to Mm -hmm. in the rape crisis world. Nobody's ever diagnosed with that, but we know that there's a little more special handling Mm -hmm. because there was a rape involved. So it's, it's, we approach it just a little bit differently that somebody could like you become so heightened 
that you hear a car door down mm-hmm. the street and you're bolting into the house. Like, mm-hmm. okay, got to be safe. I've got to run. I've got to do. The fight or flight, like right. you said. Or they emotionally just hit the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like on the last show, we were talking about walking by a smell. Yes. You know, walking by a sound, mm-hmm. walking by a visual of someone that just looks like. Oh, yes. Been there. Just mm-hmm. similar to the And it scares the bejesus out of you. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And, you know, without the right help, um, these things will only get worse mm-hmm. and they'll only get worse to the point where other things start to surface. And they're going to impede relationships. Yes. Obviously. And a lot of our adults molested as children will come in at the age of 70. That oh, their wow. grandfather or their uncle or their brother were sexually molesting them or assaulting them when they were a child. And they their mother didn't believe they got hushed. You know, there's older generations, like my mom's generation said the word cancer. Like mm, they didn't say, sure. Oh my gosh, they have cancer. You should same thing with sexual violence. Um, don't tell anybody. You know? And I have a, a thought like so somebody, so let's say it happened to them very long, young, like you said, and they're 70 now. There must have been either something helped them suppress those memories or they just lived with those memories and didn't say anything or our minds have a wild way of blocking stuff, right? Yeah, well, so- when they're a child, they're told, well, he moved out of the house, so it's not going to happen anymore. So just get over mm-hmm. it. So they're trying to figure out, okay, how do you get over it? Yeah, Nobody's telling me how to get over it. So they devise their own sometimes unhealthy coping mechanisms. Then as they grow, they're finding that they can't Mm -hmm. stabilize a relationship. They can't stabilize jobs, work, any, you know, friends. And then one day they meet that one person that says, hey, something's wrong. Maybe you should go talk to someone. Or the person goes... I'm looking back down the trail of my life and I'm realizing Mm -hmm. that it's just not working. And then they come to us and they, it's, I don't want to say we bring revelation to them, but they have their own, you know, we empower Mm -hmm. them to figure out what, what is it that you want to see happen? And we get a lot of success with those who are uh, abused as children and now they're adults. I mean, they come into every age. I was using the extreme Mm -hmm. of a 70 year old because it has happened. Right. So you know, they come in, they go through advocacy. We do the immediate, what made you pick up the phone mm-hmm. kind of a crisis intervention to, I think you need to delve a little deeper. And we know this when they're coming in, okay. that they, they're yeah. going to need more. If they're 40, 30, 25, 30, 40, whatever, that something happened when they were seven, mm-hmm. they're going to need a little bit more than, so what I'm hearing is let's right. brainstorm ways you can cope with it. Mm-hmm. This is a lifetime of they've tried everything that they thought would work for them. Mm -hmm. So getting them with the right therapist. So that's the nice thing about Project Help is if you have one therapist and it's not clicking, we'll give you another one. That's pretty amazing. We can try whatever it takes. We don't want anybody to walk out the door and say, Project Help didn't help us. That's amazing. Is your closet overflowing? Or maybe your kids' closets are as well. Or maybe you just want to redecorate your house. If you're wondering what to do with all that stuff that you've accumulated... Bring it all to True Fashionistas or even ship it to them for free. They'll sell your unwanted items for you. They take away all the hassle by doing all the work and all you have to do is sit back and collect your money. You can reach out to them online at truefashionistas.com. Come into the store or check them out on Facebook or Instagram and that's truefashionistas.com. All right, friends, we are back in the studio with Eileen Wesley of Project Help. 
And we were just talking about residual effects of an assault or any type of crime, really. Now, I really want to talk about about advice, okay? So as a student, okay, so we're talking high school student, whatever age student, what do they do if they spot something unusual? If they just, if someone's come to them or they saw something happen, what what is the protocol for that? Well, the protocol is, it depends. You know, um, I always say to someone, never be a bystander. Don't mm-hmm. just stand there and let it happen. Always be proactive. So if your friend comes to you and says, oh my God, that guy over there touched me inappropriately. If you're under the underage and you're at a party, you should go to the adult in the room and talk to them and say, this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, um, kids aren't going to always do that because they don't want to be basically said that they were ratting right. people out or they're a tattletale mm-hmm. or whatever the word they used right. or a snitch or <laughs> whatever, whatever it is it now. Is that, yeah, whatever the word is now. Um, but I think the protocol should be don't leave your friend alone. Mm-hmm. Keep them by your side and ask them what do they want to do? What do they want to see happen? Mm-hmm. Because if you say, okay, we're going to call the police, we're going to do this and we're going to do that, the person who just had something happen to them or possibly almost happened to them might be like, whoa, 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 I was just talking to you Mm -hmm. because you're my friend. But the one thing that's important is don't let them be alone. Okay. And if the person who's bothering them comes over, you can either like divert, like you see that person coming and your friend is Mm -hmm. getting a little tense, you can distract them. Come on, let's go over here. Look, oh, look what's Mm -hmm. over there. Let's go check it out. Get them away from it. And if that's not working, being direct. Okay. Turn around. Can I help you? Mm -hmm. You know, my friend here and I are talking. Do you want Mm -hmm. something? And normally a potential perpetrator or a a bad person Mm -hmm. will go, whoa, this person's (laughs) got some strength and they feel like they're not, their confidence is high. So just keeping your friend close to you. That's great advice. Now, what about parents? So I'm a parent of of seniors in high school and, you know, heading off to college. What advice would you give to parents to talk to their children about before they head off to high school and or college? Well, I'll tell you, my I have three children. Well, actually, I have three adults now. <laughs> my, my youngest is 24. My oldest is going to be 36. To this day, if they're going somewhere out of the ordinary. And when they were in college, we had a plan. We have that Life 360 on Mm -hmm. our phone, number one, and they agreed to it. I said, there's no threats. There's no anything. It's just, you should always know where mom is and mom should always know where you are. I'm not going to stalk you. And Mm -hmm. we don't, we don't stalk each other. I mean, you don't go on there and go, why are you going 60 and a 40? I'd like to. (laughs) I do that. (laughs) Oh, I can't because my my daughter's working. So sometimes her speeds are quite high. So I kind of go, I can't look at it. (laughs) I just move away. But if I don't hear from them in several days, at least I know the last place their phone was. Mm -hmm. But when they go out and it's someplace out of the ordinary, it's not something that they typically do. Like my son goes to the gym. We'll go to the gym. Mm-hmm. But if he's going out with a group of friends, it's become habit where they just text me, mom, going to mm-hmm. um, Stevie Tomatoes with um, Tommy and Joey. Getting him in that habit. of Yeah. And I started it young. Mm-hmm. I don't 
the only reason I want to know is I, I told them I invested a lot of money in you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, yes, there's a lot of great things that happen out there, but there's a lot of bad, bad stuff, stuff that does too. Yes, very much so. And especially with my daughter, you know, mm-hmm. I used to do the, I'll drive you there and I'll pick you up. Mm-hmm. And then when she got her driver's license, it was like, okay, I'm going to trust you. Yeah. But I'm also going to trust you that if you leave point A and you don't notify me, there might not be the next time I lend you right. my car keys. Mm-hmm. You know, I, but I have, um, I have very open communication. And that's a key. It's key. And it starts young, mm-hmm. you know, like with my kids doing what I do for a living, you know, talking about your body and who's allowed to touch what and yeah. who's not allowed to touch what started at a very young mm-hmm. age. And then, you know, there's a saying that I used to tell my daughter and her girlfriends, and you can ask them the next time you see her, <laughs> does orange soda really make you pregnant? What? Because they would go to a party and I would say, don't forget, girls, orange soda can make you pregnant. And they would like, oh, your mom's so funny. And my daughter goes, no, listen to her. Mm -hmm. Hear what she has to say. Yeah. They get a soda. They put it down. Mm -hmm. They go over. Something gets dropped in the Mm -hmm. drink. And guess what? You could get pregnant. Yeah. It's not the orange soda that's making it. Of course. Right. So we talk about these things. Mm -hmm. Safety when you're out. Safety in numbers. Mm -hmm. So parents talking about laying down the ground rules. And make them fun. You don't have to make them where, okay, here's the order. You have to do it. That would this be me. Way. I feel like this is what you have to do. <laughs> yeah. No, I have my my husband's mother was like that to the day she died. Mm-hmm. Um, boom, 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 boom. You have to right. come up here and you be have to be here at this time. And, <laughs> da, da. and I just decided that the open communication is my kids sometimes tell me too much. Mm-hmm. And I don't tell them not to. I just try to internally plug my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes get huge. You're like, oh, oh, oh. I, maybe I didn't need that. TMI. <laughs> but I think open communication and being aware of what's going on in your community by speaking to other parents. Like if your child is in high school um, and they're hanging around with a group, get to know those other parents. Mm-hmm. I did. I knew all the kids yep. that my son and exactly. daughter hung around with. I knew their parents of their friends. And I didn't go, so tell me what's going on. Right. They, I would hear them say, hey, did you hear about Susie mm-hmm. at school? And I'd say, oh, no, what happened? And then I would go home and say, hey, I heard from someone that this happened at school. And my daughter would go, oh, good, so we can talk about <laughs> it. You know, And we right. would just have the conversation. And it became, we talked about sex. We talked about dying. We talked about driving like a crazy mm-hmm. person. Like there's not a subject I didn't talk to them about. So I felt like I instilled and hopefully when they have children someday that they'll be able to do the same thing. Open communication. But my parents were pretty open Mm -hmm. for their Mm -hmm. uncoolness that they had. (laughs) We're all uncool to our children, right? Yeah. So, and in closing, I really want to talk about if something is happening to you, what is the first step you should do? Or if something happened to you and you realize I need help, what do I do? Well, if it's a crime, of course, you can call our helpline. You don't have to give your name. You don't have to tell them where you live. You can just talk to Mm -hmm. someone and they'll help you brainstorm options. Let's say you don't know our helpline number. And what is the helpline number? It's (laughs) 239-262-7227. And we'll drop that in the show notes as well. And it's, it's available 24 hours a day. But if you think that something happened to you that is maybe um, emotionally disturbing or a, a emotionally abusive, and you have a a friend Mm -hmm. that you can confide in, that's the best thing to do is to go and talk to somebody, whether it's an agency like Project Mm -hmm. Help, because we will not turn you away. 
um, or you have a good friend, someone you trust, Mm -hmm. go to them and say, this just happened to me or this happened a while ago and I haven't been, I've just found my voice and I need to say it. It's just, when you put it out to the universe, it's not as scary as when you hold it inside and you never say anything. It's a fact, right? Yeah, it really You verbalize it. Yeah, we do a thing at our agency where we have a bucket and we write down, we have the victims and survivors write down something that has been really haunting them. And then we go outside with the bucket and we light them on fire. (laughs) I love it. And we all hold hands Mm -hmm. and we just stand there and watch our fears burn. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, That's a great exercise. We don't want people going and doing that, especially it's so dry outside. <laughs> we are not we are not advising you to go out and burn anything. Because I think all year round around here, you have right. times you're not allowed to do that. So right. we tell don't do it. Come to us. We have groups right. that we do that with, but we also do the um, role playing with people. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to somebody like don't pick a stranger. Pick someone that loves you, mm-hmm. but somebody you can trust somebody that you know has nothing to do with what's hurting you and just say to them, this is what's going on and say, and I I don't know what to say. I don't know how to tell anybody. And hopefully that friend is a good enough friend Mm -hmm. to help you brainstorm options of how to do that. Otherwise our helpline is they're absolutely wonderful. I call them (laughs) (laughs) Well, just to say, you know, like, are they, and they're really good. They're very empathetic. That's wonderful. It's such a wonderful service that Project Help provides to our community here in Southwest Florida. Eileen, if they, if our audience needs to, or wants to, or any, for any reason, wants to contact Project Help, whether it be uh, for giving of their time, talent, or treasure, or if something happened to them or something happened to somebody that they know and they need to figure out what to do or uh, how do they reach out to you? Well, they can reach our 24-hour helpline, 239-262-7227 or at a state, 800-329-7227. Or our office number is 239-649-1404. If you have a phone and you go to our website, mm-hmm. first off, it'll show you our address. We are not undisclosed we're out there where mm-hmm. we take walk-ins. But if you see the helpline number on the website on your phone, if you press it, it'll dial it for you. Fabulous. We, I have a techie person at work and we decided to... Wonderful. Not everybody writes things down. No, So absolutely. at least they can go to the website. There's also a way to email us from the website. Okay. So if you don't want to verbalize mm-hmm. what's going on, you can email us and we will answer you. That is wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. Thanks I know for having me. This is just invaluable information for our listeners. So we definitely appreciate you being here today. Yeah. And we do give tours. So fabulous. So <laughs> if you'd like in. a tour, reach out to Eileen at Project Help and they will facilitate that for you. Yep. Thanks, friends, for joining me today and every week here on The Fashionista Life brought to you by True Fashionistas. If you want a deeper dive, head to my website, thefashionistalife.com to sign up for my weekly newsletter, where we take a deeper dive each week into a new topic. Have a fabulous day. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Fashionista Life. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Fashionista Life.